It's time for gate speed and it was one of the biggest nights in the sport of harness racing there on Saturday night at Melton with the Victoria Cup and it was dominated by a superstar in Bling It On. Jason Bonington was there who was superb for Sky Racing and Blake Redden was superb whatever he was doing <laughs> on Saturday night. Good afternoon to you, Blake. Good afternoon to you, Gareth. How's things? How are you? you were superb on Saturday I night, was, by the way. I wasn't probably at my best. I didn't have to do much because Jason Bonington was just... He was the centre-half forward that just dominated proceedings, kicking goals. Wayne left, Carey. Right, and, yeah, he was Wayne Carey-like. Uh, Jason, good afternoon to you. This is the nicest uh, I can ever remember you being to me as, uh, as Blake decides to put on my microphone, I think. <laughs> so, uh, little slip up there. We only asked him to play a role, and now he's decided to play it. You were very good, Gareth. You were kicking it to me lace out every single time and it was a great uh, it was a great race meeting the two big ones were exceptional races and that 151.5 that'll stand the test of time I don't think we'll see that track record over the 2240 metres broken for a very long time Gareth just quickly there was a few SMSs coming through on our line here on RSN Central about the 10% surcharge that Tapcourt Park Melton were charging there on the weekend now I haven't got a problem with that. It's their biggest night. They need to make money somehow. And if you go to Caulfield, for instance, you've got to pay $60 to get in. And the beers are more expensive anyway. So Things we don't need to talk about 101, Gareth. What's that mean? <laughs> this is the number one thing we don't need to talk about on Gate Speed. Oh, well, you listen, it's my show. You talk I, about what you get asked, Blake. I, we can talk about it if you want. but um, I just asked you then. So you've got to talk about it. Okay, well, uh, I'd say it's uh, it's it's a... Irrelevant. I, what do you think, Bob? I, I, look, I, I will say that I've I've tried my hands at a few things throughout the course of my life. Running an entertainment venue is not one of them <laughs> to date. So I understand. That, I mean, I, I've seen a lot of the back and forth on social media and the fact that $15,000 free entertainment. I, I think probably the only point that was made during the exchanges that I've, I've seen that I would agree with is don't – I probably wouldn't – necessarily tell anybody so you basically if i if i turn up to to uh to an entertainment venue and i order myself a bourbon and diet coke and they charge me a price i just tap the card and you move on so that's it that's pretty much how it works so you know if you're going to come to a big race meeting and you've got to make a gold coin donation to get in maybe a couple of things might be a bit dearer than normal yeah uh, honesty is not the best way all the time jason <laughs> no it's not well oh, i agree we'll, with we'll you leave there. it at that Gareth. yeah five mm. things we learn Bling breaks track record in a Victoria Cup romp, Blake. It was sensational, wasn't it, to see Bling it on. And once he got off the pegs there, off the back, it was game over. Yeah, there, well, there are so many elements to this story, isn't there? The fact that he was retired, um, the fact that he was a, you know, he's a stud horse now. I think I spoke to Craig Cross this week, and I think three times during the week he was having straws taken from him. He's still, mm. he's still a serving stallion, and um, and he's racing at the same time. And to come back and of course, he did put the writing on the wall with his first up win at Menangle in the, the quickest time he'd ever gone over a mile. And, the, you know, the signs were there, but everything played out as, you know, it wasn't totally unpredictable that Buster Brady was going to be struggling at some stage. And he, uh, Luke McCarthy was well awake to that, got off at the right time um, and was really strong through the line. Obviously, the race was, was laid out for him. It, it all worked out perfectly, but all you can do is win. And he's now a Hunter Cup winner and a Victoria Cup winner and, it's hard to say he's not racing as well as he ever has, Bond. I'd say, well, the evidence, the evidence time-wise says he's racing better than he ever has, which is quite extraordinary. Uh, we were discussing on, on uh, in the gig there for Sky Racing too a few weeks back about racing as a two-year-old and whether that's detrimental to your future career. Well, not for blinging on, he was a superstar as a two-year-old, very good three-year-old, outstanding four-year-old, and he's just kept on plugging on through. I will say... Just looking at the cases of Blackheart, Bart and, uh, and Bling It On in particular, it's just interesting 
that these horses get retired sometimes, but you just wonder if you just give them an extended period of time off the scene and you go back and say, well, is the body feeling a bit better? Um, Put you back in work for a short period of time. If it doesn't work out, who really loses out of that? It's worth having another crack. And we've seen that with Bling It On. He's come back in unbelievable form. And the thing is, he's battle-hardened. Even though he had that 16 months off the scene, when he gets to these races and they're running those spectacular times, people say it's very easy to just trail the speed and peel off and win. But you saw how many horses were gasping for air uh, on Saturday night there at Tabcourt Park, Melton. He was just cruising because he's been there and he does, and he's done that. He knows what the big battle's all about. And uh, as uh, as Blake mentioned, I think we outlined it as well, Gareth. Basically, if he ever got a look at them before the point of the turn, then he was never going to lose Bling It On because they were always going to run spectacular time and he's such an unbelievable sit sprinter. But it was still a great drive by Lukey Mack, but he, and he is a genius, but uh, it played out beautifully for Bling It On. The only thing I'll say about the Blackheart Bart and Bling It On references... I mean, for starters, Blingon wasn't out of form when he was retired, so that wasn't a factor. Probably wasn't at his... No, he wasn't quite at his peak when he, uh, when he went away. Maybe, but I think a lot of people can see it as greedy, and Blackheart Bart's worked out really well. He's come back, and he's racing um, particularly well, but, you know, generally, if you're retiring a horse that's in poor form, even as good as they've been, is there really any need to bring them back a year or two later? Well, this is what, I, what I'm saying. I mean, if, if, some, if a horse is completely... You can tell that there's physical issues that are not going to be rectified with a break then leave it at that. And the public doesn't even really need to know. I'm saying, Bling It On was in work for six months. Nobody would have known about the first four months. You just see where the horse is at and occasionally you have these magnificent stories. And I think they're actually great for the sport. I don't think there's any welfare issues whatsoever because you've seen Bling It On come back and it proves that, um, like great athletes, like your, your Roger Federer's and co, uh, Gareth, that yep. if you're good, you'll still be good when you're a little bit older. This is Gatesby with Gareth Hall, the great Black Redden and Jason Bonington. We're still talking about Bling It On's amazing victory there coming out of retirement. He was at stud, basically, and he's never raced better. But looking at how quick they run there on Saturday night, the race was dominated by horses on the fence, except for San Carlo, who you could argue that it was clearly the run of the race with what the work that he did and how close he was. Um, to the to the winners in the finish, he was mighty in defeat. Yeah, oh, look, I would probably, and people will say you're going too far, but I would go even further than to say that it was the run of the race. I'd say it was one of the bigger runs I've ever seen, to be honest. Bigger it, than it, Tiger Tara in the New Zealand Cup last year. Yeah. Lazarus in the Fremantle Cup. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 Lazarus in the Fremantle Cup is up there. Would would be right up there. Soho Tribeca in the Miracle Mile. Sometimes it's the runs in defeat that are bigger than the winning runs. But he, like, honestly, he has gone as fast as Lazarus did when setting the, the Tabcourt Park track record of one fifty two four. That's not true. Lenny the Shark was a Tabcourt Park tra- track record holder. I've seen that. Oh, sorry, one, a couple of sorry, one fifty two five. Well, the same. Four. No, but I like Lazarus. you today, Blake. You're very you're <laughs> confrontal, and you're just what? saying, "Hey, I'm no. the king. I'm the boss." Well, t- no, but two or three people this week have said that Lazarus held the track record. He didn't. Sorry, that, that was the fastest Victoria Cup yep. ever run, one fifty-two-five. There was a tenth of a second in it. We'll 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 go back to the auditors later and see if we can get our change back. <laughs> so basically, he's gone as fast as Lenny the Shark or Lazarus in the breeze, and you could see all the horses who were off the pegs. A lot of them were dragged back by Buster Brady, but plenty of them were gasping as well. So. Um, his performance was just absolutely unbelievable. And 2,240 metres, to be quite frank, is not his distance. So to produce a performance like that, I think it's great. So apparently he was bucking his breath. Well, he was completely happy with himself after the race. He goes to New Zealand now. A couple of other runs quickly. Baker Boy, uh, my Kiwi mate, barely scraped into the field. But you've always said he could run that sort of race. He was along the pegs and he finished off really well. 
cash and flow's even gone you know, pretty well when you consider that he was the one helping to make the speed up the front. Yeah. And there were a couple that were a little unlucky, I suppose, back in the field via the Buster Brady issues. But basically, I think there were a number of excellent runs in the race. But none, like Bling It On and San Carlo, clearly the two best. Yeah, it's almost a red card for Buster Brady, isn't it? He can't be in the running line in a big race anymore. That's, I mean, without being disrespectful, it's, it's half ruined the race. I mean, it's given Bling It On the saloon passage through Colt 31 for all intents and purposes, could have won the race if Buster Brady was able to keep up. Like, who knows what would have happened. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, he's a lovely horse, and I've got a lot of time for him, Buster Brady, but he, He'll be he going, can't be doing that. Well, he's not races. going to New Zealand. Keema told me on Saturday night, he goes for a break now, and they just try and sort out the issues. They've gone to the vet. The vet said, this is the soundest horse I've ever seen. So, <laughs> that makes it even diff- more difficult, Gareth. You see horses like a King of Swing, for instance. He reminds me a little bit of Buster Brady, that he's King Kong when he's out in front and nearly yep. unbeatable, like just loves it out in front. But when he gets into a field and it gets a little bit tough, he spits out the dummy and he just drops out. And he says, bugger this. I'm, I, I don't want to compete if it has to be a little hard for me. So Buster Bray, in a way, reminds me a little bit of a king of swing. And they just don't travel travel when they're um, three wide or off the fence, basically. So, But, but Gareth, the, the perplexing thing is, yeah, if it was all about it getting too hard, then he, then he wouldn't pick up the bit again and charge the line the way he always does. So that, that's the thing that's most confusing for everybody. Why, why, when he gets in the straight and narrow in the last 300 metres of a race, does he start charging again? Because he's a funny old horse and you would love to have yeah. a chat to him and say, hey, Buster, what are you thinking <laughs> down the back, brother? Can you help us out? But they don't talk, do they? No, they don't. Some of them, we've, like, there's a few horse whisperers out there that we might need to employ for Buster Brady. But, Blake, it's a simple case where when I had a look at the field, I thought, bling it on, the more I looked at it, the more I thought it was always going to get out because yeah. of what Buster Brady does. It was the perfect scenario for Luke McCarthy to draw that, that barrier with cash and flow out in front copping pressure. Um, Colt 31 probably would have preferred to draw barrier number eight than, say, barrier number one. So if you reverse the barriers for Colt 31 and Bling It On, Colt 31 probably gets out and does what Bling It On did, really. He lost all momentum that Bling It On had that momentum and he was charging before Dixon could really let Colt 31 go. Yeah, yeah, it's probably a fair enough assessment. I mean... We know how good Colt 31 is at his best, and yes, he had a, a nice run and got the sprint lane, but you're right that Bling It On was the one that was able to build momentum. And um, yeah, I mean, that's taking nothing away from Bling It On because we know, you know, we know he's come back and he's had his, his issues and been to stud, but um, just on a different day, if, if Buster Brady had a drawn barrier six instead of barrier four, who knows what might have happened. I've got mm. one for you here, Blake and Jason. And mm. I love your work today, Blake. You've been clearly best on ground so far. <laughs> The storm inside. If he had Bling It On's run, does he win? No, no. Yeah, that's that, that's a no from me. And really, just, inter- yeah. and very interesting. I think that uh, your character, Gareth, that that Blake's gotten stuck into you and me. It's, it's like you're one of those people that likes being abused or something like that because you, you're giving him oh, bog. Well, it's, you're giving him bog based on the fact that he's getting stuck into you with a ten dollars surcharge. Well, that's what we want on this show: <laughs> entertaining right. radio when we've got I love debate. It. It's not about. It's not personal. It's just no. you've got to call True. it how you see it. I love it. Now, the Storm Inside is a very good horse, by yeah. the way, and it was a great win. But, um, no, he wouldn't have won the Victoria Cup. Let's be honest. This is from one of our listeners. The race fell on his lap. 
I was on Colt 31. Tough watch seeing him get out so easily from three back to pegs. That's from Matty O. Yeah, you make a really good point, Matty. Bleedon was good, but he had the brakes that go he, that, that went his way. He had clearly the best run of the race. He was three back the inside, did no work, got out and sprinted too quickly. He's a devastating horse when he's able to do that. But where would he have finished, say, if he drew outside that second row? No horse really made. And it was one of those races where you cruise Bromac and even like a Shadow Sacks, when they go three wide, they're big, strong, but awkward gated sometimes horses out wide. And they really can't go forward when they're running those times out three wide. So those horses off the pegs had no chance. Well, this is why I favour in really big races probably long trips more than middle trips because yep. at the end of the day, uh, we discussed this at Infinitum in the lead up to the Victoria Cup and I tweeted about the research that I'd done on really fast run uh, mile rates over the middle trip at Tabcourt Park, Gareth. And basically, you needed to be leader behind leader three poles. And if you're in the breeze, you could finish top three or four potentially under the right circumstances. But it, it, what it really makes it, the faster they go, in the back of your mind, you think this is a great opportunity for horses back and wide, but it never happens. The rubber band breaks and you've got to be either on the speed or on the pegs bakes. And unfortunately, that rules some very good horses out of the race. And what it also makes horses do uh, is drop back to the pegs when you'd like to see Cruz Bromac yeah. maybe peeling free wide with a bit of cover. But Greg Sugars drove the perfect race because he said, I'll tell you what, I know we're going to break 152 for Lenny the Sharks record there at Tabcourt Park Mountain, so I've got to be on the poles. And it creates a scenario where more than half the horses probably can't win. Interesting stat out of... Um, I did a little bit of research um, with the help of very smart man in this office this morning, Tim Belfrage. The Belfrage. The Belfrage. In races worth over $100,000 in Victoria in the last 10 years, 38% of leaders have won. Yep. Second best position is the Breeze, 18%. Behind the leader, 17%. And three poles is only 4.5%. Yeah, but uh, and just but it exponentially rises. Uh, well, not not necessarily winning, but being in the top three yeah. if you've got the peg line run. And the whole thing is, we're sort of saying that Blingenon got it all his own way and everything fell into his lap, and that is true to a degree. But he still had to make up the yeah. meterage, and that's something no horse has ever done in a mile rate of one fifty three five or faster at Tabcourt Park Mountain. And I mentioned on this show a couple of weeks ago when we had a look at the betting for the Victoria Cup, and I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but mm. he was clearly he's clearly the the horse that you want to take home from that field. I know San Carlo went mighty and he was big in defeat, but he hasn't, like, you win big races with the turn of foot and you win big races when you can explode off a of pace. And usually those horses that do all of the work can be vulnerable to a pretty good one at the end of the day. Let's move on. McLovin goes big to win his first group one. And you had to see that to believe it really, Blake, didn't you really? Uh, yeah, I'm going to take a slightly different line to what I think most people will take on this. It was an outstanding win. I think the most impressive part of his win was the fact that he was probably a beaten horse at the top of the straight, but he did dig in and he lifted and he won. But it was a, it was a blanket finish. It was a pretty slow first quarter and second quarter compared to what many people were expecting with what was declared potentially the fastest front line of all time. So Kate Gaff drove the perfect race to get him into the hunt, and then it was a sprint home, and, and he had momentum out wide. I know he covered extra ground, but uh, look, he was probably the biggest win on the entire race program, but at the same time, I'm not going to go totally overboard, Bon. I don't know how you felt about it, but... Uh, yeah, I suspect that people will go Coco Bananas over it. I'm probably not going to be one of those. Coco Bananas? Um, oh, look, I, I, I'm not going to go Coco Bananas over it, but <laughs> I, I, what I will say is the scariest thing is that even though he's won a feature race over the short course before, Gareth, he's definitely not, to my eye, 
and never has been a sprinter, not when he was in New Zealand, not here for Andy Gath. He's a stayer. So the fact that he's able to be able to dominate them sort of with speed or sustained speed at very least over the short trip here means that this trip that he's about to embark on to New Zealand, he's going to be exceptionally hard to beat. I know yeah. they've got some really good uh, trotters over there again. Now they're replenishing their stocks. But look, that, that was an enormous win. That, that would be like, you know, a, a Melbourne Cup horse turning up, I reckon. Shocking. Well, winning over 1,400 metres, winning the oar or something like that. That's the situation that I see for McLovin. So uh, it was an outstanding performance. Lily Stride, who, of course, went 150.2 in America, was very good for Emilio Rosati and team But So uh, Lily Stride's going to definitely stamp her imprimatur on these shores. And Tough Monarch. I think, to be fair, there were a couple of disappointments. I'm going to be 100% honest. Ricky Elchin did scratch Tough Monarch a couple of weeks earlier in another race, and I think he was 90% sure that he had Tough Monarch right. But you never know if an athlete's 100% and hasn't been affected by something that's been going through the stable until you go into the field of battle. And I think he was slightly exposed in the field of battle on Saturday Red Hot night. Tooth? Yeah, Red Hot Tooth was first up from a break. and Sound. More, sound, yeah. yeah. Point number three, Chase charges home to land the Methane Cup. This was, um, we'll talk about sustained speed. This was, was Chase Auckland on, uh, on Sunday at Mount Harding on the grass in New Zealand, I think. Please, grass racing, leave it alone. And like, but the, I, I, oh, no, I, I don't I mind grass saying, ra- but... I take that back. I think it's great to have grass racing for a little bit of something different, but I don't think you can take too much into it regarding a, a New Zealand Cup form, well, um, looking at the form lines, can you? Well, you might say that, Gareth, but Cruz Bromack won the race last year and was a very unlucky run in the New Zealand Cup. nearly won the New Zealand Cup. So... Yep. And and I think what it really does prove, and what I've thought for a long time, and probably not many people have wanted to join me on the journey, but he is a bottomless pit, Jace Auckland. That was over 3,000 metres in the slop on the grass, mm. and he sat parked and absolutely monstered them in a 58 last half. That yeah. that that was a performance. Uh, well, I, I, I probably agree to disagree with you. Do you. I don't think any horse out of that race. Do you think Chase Auckland can win the New Zealand yes. Cup? Yes, and the Fixer was a, a you know a solid runner on it. I then. would say if there's any horse out of that race that's going to win the New Zealand Cup, it'll be the Fixer. Oh, he, Chase Auckland proved he's a true stayer. I, I think it, well, he's 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 a true stayer. But I I just yeah, it was, his biggest I, issue is the stand. I, I look at that race and I think to myself, well, Ashley Lokas has gone a little bit under. Uh, Grand Chico wasn't too far away, and who knows, slightly longer grass there back along the inside. It looked like he could have run into a snake there at uh, Mount Harding. Uh, poor <laughs> old no Grand Chico. There. It's too cold. Um, There's no snakes in anywhere in New Zealand. Not one. Oh, is that, that's one not of those myths, isn't no, it, about, reckon... about, about poisonous, toxic creatures in New Zealand. But look, there were a couple of good runs out of the race, Gareth, but I reckon you'd be agreeing with me that yeah. it's very unlikely that the New Zealand Cup winner was at, uh, at Mount Harding. It would be ironic if it would be great too for Australian sport if San Carlo could win a New Zealand pacing cup because if he leads, and hopefully the Beck Bartley right now is just taking him out the the track there in the afternoons and just practising his standing start manners because if he can ping and lead, look out. Hopefully they won't beat him. But New Zealand have won the Netball World Cup. I mentioned this on Twitter the other day. They've won. They, they should have won the Cricket World Cup. They were robbed. Um, Absolutely. They'll win the World Cup in the rugby and, of course, Scotty McLaughlin won Bathurst the other day. Tiako Shark will probably win the Cox Plate. They've also got Israel Adesanya, who's the uh, middleweight champion of the world in the UFC. I'll yep. be honest. I'll be honest. I I'm not a big, you know, I haven't liked, I've probably liked and, probably a dozen of your tweets since you came back to Melbourne, and that was one that got the jersey <laughs> for me, Gareth. I liked it. Oh, did you? Yeah. And they've got James McDonald that's dominating at the moment. So um, I'm, nearly, I'm nearly claiming that I'm from Christchurch. <laughs> a quarter um, Māori. Yeah. Well, you're, you're half Māori, aren't you? A quarter, that's enough. Quarter. I'll, claim, I'll, I'll claim it when things are going well. I actually do back for the All Blacks in, in, oh, in, the, in the rugby. No, look, come on. Hey, hang on, hang on. 
Well, old man was a rugby union player. He came over here to, to Australia to play rugby union, and I, and I back for the All Blacks, but it does help that they win all the time. <laughs> Cruz claims consolation on another huge night for Cross McCarthy. That probably says it all, basically. Had the yep. run of the race and uh, popped down and won nicely. Yeah, it was a great drive from Luke, and um, the team's obviously going really well. Uh, you know, he's, he's an interesting horse now, isn't he, Cruz? He's sort of spent some time with them. He was excellent in the Kilmore Cup, won the consolation. Where's he at, Bon? Well, it just, I, I think Cruz is a proof positive that sometimes we pigeonhole horses and say, this is all you can do and this is all you're about. But sometimes a change of environment, change of training routine. And that's not to say that uh, Team Tabone were doing anything wrong with Cruz, but certainly he was a short course specialist. He needed certain favours. But um, Lukey and Craig Cross up there in New South Wales have obviously got stuck into him and said, OK, we're going to see if you've got a little bit more bottom to you. And he's proven that he does have more bottom. He's not top grade. He's not going to win a big race. He's not going to win a really big race, in my opinion. But he's a, a very handy horse, and it was a, it was an excellent performance there. There were a few good performances in that race, but I think it proved that none of those horses probably deserved a Guernsey necessarily in the in the big one. And Babaska, brilliant as he zooms away from his rivals. One of my favourite trainers, young Paddy Lee. I think he'll be an absolute superstar. Prepares that trotter, and Jason Lee was a gem of a drive in the end to land leaders back. I had grave concerns mid-race. He was pulling himself into the ground, Julia Basker. I know he's getting a soft run, but I didn't know what he'd have left at the top of the straight. And um, Well, he showed us pretty quickly, Bon. He, he's the next generation. He's coming through, and he's going to be a proper free-for-all Group 1 horse. Yeah, I made him one of my highlights last weekend on uh, on in the gig, and they've been telling us since Paddy Lee was about six years old that he was he was going to be a genius. He's the uh, he's the brains trust. He, he picks how, out the horses, he, doesn't he? He knows yeah. how to find the horses. He's an unbelievable trainer. He's a great horseman. So, um, well done to Paddy. I never had any concerns. The thing is, I don't know exactly why the penny dropped, but he was obviously doing a hell of a lot of things wrong. The last three or four starts... It looks like a hurricane could come through the track and he wouldn't gallop. He seems so rock solid. He's got incredible high speed. He's got bottom to him. And he's, gaud- speed, yeah. he's gorgeous to look at, too. He's an absolute pitcher of a horse. So he's he could be a real pin-up boy in the next year or two. Wobbly, well, he- Wobbly got beaten on the night. He could also be a pin-up boy to some degree, but he's got to get a little bit more tactical speed. But Jilly Babavska has got that. He's got the Hollywood looks. He's he, he's a glamour horse. So hopefully he can keep going uh, in this direction. Will, will they take the step up while, uh, say, McLovin's and... Tough Monarchs go to New Zealand. Will they have a crack at free-for-all level soon, or will they just keep going through his grades? I would, because under the new national rating system, you lose another extra couple of points and you get a stack more money. So I would I would be having a go, personally, or just letting him dip his toe, dip his hoof there in the uh, in the bigger races. But he's he's a really, really nice horse. And I'd love to maybe... Maybe you can do this, Gareth. Get Paddy on and just find out exactly... Um, how things turned around with uh, with Julie Babaska because he looked like he was going to be an unfulfilled talent, but that's all turned around in the last three or four starts. No, it's just so exciting, isn't it? There's plenty to look forward to. Um, terrific night on the weekend and can't wait for the carnival, really. And it probably heads with the country cups. We've got the Maryborough Pacing Cup and then the Swan Hill Pacing Cup. And then some of the big guns might just have a freshen up before they head over to New Zealand, which is part of Australia these days anyway. Um for the big races, the New Zealand Trotting Cup and then the Inter-Dominion. Hey, Blake. Hey, Gareth. Um, what's your best bet there today? She keeps coming. Yes. And what about you, Jason? My best bet is just trying to stay stay alive pretty much. Bon will join really in. It's Beck week. Bartley. You'll enjoy that. Oh, look, I, it was great to see the big smile on Beck's face after uh, San Carlo's performance on Saturday night. So hopefully she can get the win with She Keeps Coming as well. I'll join in with the Blake train because he has been best on ground okay. today, Gareth. <laughs> Before we let you go, the next race at Cranbourne, not far away. Your top three horses at the moment in this country. 
Baked you first, mate. In this, oh, thanks, Bond. That's all right. In this country, yes. Bling it on, San Carlo. Nothing between them, and good gap back to the rest. Okay, uh, yeah, Jason. So, yeah, I'll go with the same too. But I, I, I tell you what, I've, I'm going to st- stick uh, Tiger Tara in there because even though we're not going to see him for a fair while, the yeah. achievements of you're just scared he, of Kevy. I'm not. I'm not scared of Kevy. You are. Very quick story. Kev, if you're listening, I accidentally about 18 months ago tagged myself as you in a picture on Facebook. So, and, no. I, and, I think, and I think Kev's, he has never forgiven me for that. No, I don't know how to tag myself. So, Kevin Basuto does not like you, Jason. <laughs> and you can't suck up to him now and put his horse that's completely out of form in the well, top I mean, three horses in the country. Well, if you check my photos on Facebook, I am Kev Pizzuto, so that's all there is to it. Well, there you go. Yeah. And you've probably got the... How's the hair? Has it grown back yet? Uh, yeah, I think it's, it's coming along it, nicely. I think it's getting, yeah. to an awkward, yeah. it's getting to an awkward stage, but we'll have a team meeting tomorrow. And I think Might shave it again. Not, 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 not shave it again, but exactly what to do from here and on. And next week, we've got a few people that text in. We need to add a Tasmanian dimension to our top five talking points because we go into Tassie. So that can be my job next week to brief you yeah, on you that. Bring us I, got, I, got a cha- I got a charity challenge winner in Tasmania last Did night. Did you? Lose about one, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk more, Tassie. Uh, love your work, boys. This has been a lot of fun. You keep on entertaining and keep <laughs> fighting the good fight with the trots. Thanks, Enjoy, Gareth. Gareth.